Welcome to the Betterman Podcast, a podcast with only one goal is to help men improve their lives, improve their mental health, and help them achieve more, be happier, and find the right balance. My name is Gabriel Machiret, and every week you can find two shows of the Betterman Podcast, or in 20 minutes or less, I'm going to try to help you navigate some of the most difficult, challenging questions that us men we face. So no pressure, right? I only have 20 minutes. Okay, so before we start, a quick reminder, this is a friendly disclaimer, this is just conversational. This is a solo podcast, and at any stage, I pretend to be a counselor, a therapist, life coach, financial advisor, or any kind of guru like Tony Robbins. This is just like you and me, two mates, having a chat uh, while drinking coffee, tea, or maybe a cold beer. Okay, so with that introduction, let's get started with show number one of the Better Man podcast. Okay, so before we start, here I am in Australia. In my, in my home office, and I decided to launch this uh, podcast mainly because I see that I have these conversations with so many men out there constantly. This is a conversation that happened on Facebook Messenger, face-to-face, but usually there's not like a channel that I have found where we can actually talk about these things that are questions that we always wonder, and I want to take this a bit deeper than Facebook groups and talk about these questions that potentially you are facing like myself. Now, in my case, I'm 44 this year. I feel kind of young. I feel kind of old. And one of the big questions that someone asked me the other day is, what is our purpose? Okay. <laughs> I asked myself this question three days ago. I was like, what exactly is my life purpose? And that became a little bit challenging. So before we go ahead with the question, what is our purpose? Don't forget, you can actually find all the information about this podcast as at thebetterman.com backslash show one. So thebetterman.co um, backslash show one will be all the notes of the podcast. Okay, so the first question is technically what's our purpose? So I have no idea what your purpose is, but what we're going to do is we're going to do seven strategies, seven little tips that are a bit out there, a bit weird, that potentially can help us to find our purpose in life. Because I don't know about you, some things that happen to me is that when we're men, we are wired to be the providers, to work our ass off, to be, I mean, working machines, to always be out there working, working, working. But sometimes we find kind of in this hamster wheel asking ourselves, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this the thing really making me happy? We all know that men suffer of the pressure constantly and we don't talk about this. We are always quiet about what's going on with us. And in many cases, when I have a chat with other guys, we feel the, 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 the pattern of, I don't know why I'm doing this, what's the point, okay, where's my goal, I can't believe I keep doing this, I can't face to keep doing the same things I'm doing over and over and over. So I'm going to give you seven points that I went out there and researched of potentially, if you implement them today, it can actually help you to point to the right direction. And hopefully, this is going to give you a little bit of a, of a guidance to find your purpose in life because I know what you're thinking, my purpose is to be a great dad if you're a dad or to get married or to have a better job. But the question is, is that our real purpose in life? So let's find out. Okay, so the first thing is, I read this in in a book the other day and was pretty interesting is, what will make you sad to realize when you are older in bed about what you became? So if you were dying tomorrow, okay, you're 95 years old and you go back and analyze what will be your biggest regret? What will be that thing that will make you feel sad about yourself? That will feel, you'll feel kind of disappointed. 
or you can actually revert the question and what would make your younger self when you were like 12 year old be depressed about what you became so potentially if you work in a factory and you hate it and you absolutely hate your life working in the factory will your 10 year old yourself as a 10 year old will he be proud of you becoming a factory worker and i'm not talking about that you can escape that job if you have a family okay but the question is is that what you really want to do and i think at this stage if you're in a position where you don't want to be that, you're well aware of that, okay? You would tell me, Gabriel, I already know I'm not, I don't want to be in this position. But that's the first statement. The first step is to be aware, hey, guess what? I don't want to be in this position. This is not what I want to be. The second one is to try to understand what moments in your life you felt 100% joy. I'm talking about technically happiness. I'm talking about joy, okay? And this is nothing to do with money, promotions, or having a child or getting married. Because usually with blogs, that's the answer I get all the time. is like, what was the best time of your life? Oh, when I have my child. Oh, when I got married. Oh, when I get engaged with my girlfriend. Yes, I get it. But let's talk about things that gave you joy that were completely not linked to that kind of path that we have that is, I mean, getting a job, getting more money, buying a better car, and then getting married and have kids. Let's try to define what are the things that truly you freaking love. Because when you start to understand what you truly love, it's going to give you some guidance of potentially where is that passion coming from. And even more important, I, I, I love from this question the word joy. That is not happiness. It's not excitement. It's something that really is fulfilling, that no one else can fulfill for you. And you think, holy shit, this is for me. So for me, in my case, there were two moments of true joy in the last I don't know, seven years. One of them is when when I went climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. And when I was in the top of Kilimanjaro, in the top of Africa, I felt this joy that no more in the world could replace. And then I did this walk in Spain called St. James Path, El Camino de Santiago in Spanish. And you walk 350 kilometers or more trying to arrive to Santiago Compostela. There is this town in Galicia, Spain. And I did it with, it with my sister and we walked for 15 days. And it was literally like a nightmare walking this. It was a pilgrimage and it was super hard, kind of difficult from an emotional point of view. But I felt joy when I managed to do this. And then I realized, huh, the whole idea of hiking and exploring, this is one of the things I really liked that I didn't realize that gave me so much joy. So that could be your, your joy in that way. Number three is what would you do if you face, okay, Tyler Jordan with his gun. And in case you don't know who Tyler Jordan is, he is Brad Pitt in the Fight Club. Now, there's a, I mean, amazing scene in Fight Club where Tyler Jordan puts a gun into this guy that is, his name is actually Raymond, and puts the gun into this guy that is, I think he works in like a 7-Eleven. Okay. And he asks him, okay, He's going to die, okay? He's, I mean, he asks him for the wallet, says, give me your wallet. So he gives the wallet, and he presses the barrel against this man's temple, and then he reads off his name and address. So he says, Raymond Kessel, 1329 uh, Benning, apartment A. What do you want to be, Raymond? He says, he's screaming, he's Brad Pitt, being freaking amazing. Okay, and the question was, what was what you wanted to be? And of course, the guy is screaming. I mean, I mean, the guy is screaming. He's, he's horrible to see. And then he literally starts crying because he's panicking, right? Obviously, he has a gun into his head. And then he says, a vet. I always wanted to be a vet. 
and I gave up because it was too hard to go to school. Okay, so technically Tyler says to him, well, you know, you have to promise me that you're going to become a vet or I wasn't going to find you back and I'm going to kill you. So that is kind of like mind-blowing, right? Is if you have someone that is going to remind you of your mortality and that is what the stoic mentality does. It's like you are aware, hey, if someone puts a gun in my head and tells me, what do I have to become to be who I wanted to be? What will be that? And I know that many of us that are working, that are in 30s, 40s, even your 20s, you ask yourself the question constantly. It's like, okay, am I achieving what I want to do? I mean, this is what I wanted to be. Do I really want to become a guy that is in the computer 24 hours? Uh, do I want to be a marketeer? Do I want to be an IT guy? Do I really want to work in a call center? Is this what I wanted to be? And that is going to be your answer if someone will put a gun into your forehead. Now, point number four is, what do you 100% hate in life? Is The things that you can't take, okay? The things that you cannot bear. And this is interesting because I recently applied to, uh, to get a job. I worked as an entrepreneur. and But this job was pretty interesting. It was, it was a job to work in Canva. And Canva is this company that makes graphic design. It's a great company. And the position was like a senior position. And I realized during the interview process, we were doing all these meetings. And I realized how much I despised these meetings, the Zoom meetings, constant meetings, constant meetings, just for the job interview. And the lady, the one that was recruiting, said to me, this is the way we work in Canva. And I was like, there's no way I can take this. There's no way I can hate this meeting. Okay, I can deal with these meetings. So one of the things I realized is like, hey, guess what? I absolutely hate meetings. I hate to answer the phone to people that I don't know. I hate to uh, talk to a boss. To ask permission, I mean, to have a day off is one of the things I hate the most in life. I cannot do it. And that's why I became an entrepreneur. So I became an entrepreneur more based on things I hated than the things that I love. So that's why it's so important to understand the things that truly give you joy. So, for example, for me to make this podcast to help guys when guys read my books, when I talk to them, when I do some one-on-one coaching, there's not a lot, but when I do, I try to help someone through a divorce process, that gives me joy. When I get a message of someone after one year saying, hey, bro, you, you saved my life, you helped me with this, that truly gives me the freaking joy. But at the same time, I know what I hate. So understanding those points between what you hate the most and what gives you joy, that's where we can start to aim a little bit to, to where is our purpose in life. Number five is hack your own ikigai. And ikigai is a Japanese term which loosely translates something like the reason to live. And that actually showcases a little bit like reason to live and purpose, kind of like the same. And what's our life purpose, right? Now, you can hear, I mean, you can see a diagram right now. But if you go to thebetterman.co backslash ikigai, I-K-A-G-A-I, you will to see the diagram there and hopefully it's going to help you. But I'm going to describe the diagram a little bit. So the diagram technically, I'm saying technically all the time, I have to stop saying technically. The diagram in this case, actually the word is technically, has four circles. And the four circles intersect initially, I mean, in the center. And that is going to be the purpose of living. And one of them says, what are you good at? What the world needs? What you love? And what you can get paid for? But also there's other four little areas inside the circles and it's like passion, mission, profession, and vocation. So this is actually like a process interesting is where all these ones are going to merge. 
where what you're good at, that includes passion and a profession, what the world needs, that is a vocation and mission, what love, that includes passion and mission, and what you can get paid for, obviously, that is profession and vocation. And when all of those ones meet, hopefully, if you're so lucky that you can do that, then that is the ikigai. That I'm not saying you can find it so easy, that you can actually get it on the spot just by making a Japanese diagram. It's actually pretty basic. But it's interesting because when you see it, it makes you question yourself like, huh, I wonder if I can actually have something that is my true passion and get paid for. And I'm so aware that so many of us, we don't have that luxury. I mean, in my case, I have the luxury of doing it. But in many cases, I mean, in my case, for example, I work for companies that I don't feel any passion working for the companies. It's just what gets me paid as a marketeer. So many, many times I've wondered, like, wait, I mean, what if I just working with companies that I truly believe? Why work with companies that I feel completely passionate about? That, my friends, that will be completely, I mean, a game changer. And that is what the Ikigai diagram can actually help you with. So once again, if you want to go on and find it, go to the betterman.co backslash Ikigai, and it will be the diagram there with some explanation about I mean, how to use it, but it's pretty pretty easy to understand, like everything uh, Japanese. Now, number six, I love this one. I love this one, and I learned this one from, I mean, it's in my first book, Zero Excuses. You can actually find it on Amazon, plug. It's do an inventory of your fears and follow the breadcrumbs. So the theory here is, what are your fears? What are the things that, that scare you the most? And believe it or not, when we feel that we're so unique, when we're so independent like men we are, well, guess what? We're not so independent. We are actually very normal and our fears are extremely common. Our fears are the same fears that we all face. is to fail, is not to fall in love, not to have someone that loves us, the fear of being alone, the fear of ridicule, and the fear of, of not feeling that we're valuable enough, but mainly that we're going to fail. And that's why so many of us, we don't do anything because why if I launch a podcast and no one listens to this? I have thought about making this podcast, trust me, 150 times. I'm 44 in November. I'm not 43. And I'm not going to lie to you. I thought about doing this podcast at least for five years. And then the question is like, but why if no one, I mean, downloads the podcast? Why if no one subscribes? Why people don't understand my accent? This inventory of the fears is so powerful because once you put them on a, on a list, once you actually name them, once you, once you look at them, it's like, oh, this one I'm scared of. Then you can follow the breadcrumbs. And follow the breadcrumbs is like, what's the worst thing that can happen? So presume in this case that you're going to do a new business and you launch the business, you quit your job and you put all this effort and you fail. What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, you go back and you get a job and then you go back again. I launch a podcast. What's the worst thing that can happen with the podcast that no one listens to the podcast? I do 100 episodes. People laugh, but maybe, maybe it will give me joy and maybe one day again sponsor. But if you get no sponsors and no one, no one downloads the podcast, at least I may get some joy. And if there's no joy, I stop the podcast and nothing happens. It's following those breadcrumbs, going back to the origin of the fear what it does is disables a little bit the fear. So if right now you're scared of something, not finding a partner, uh, I recently went to a, I mean, a breakup, and that was like the fear. I was like, oh, I had a breakup right now. So what's going to happen with me? What if I if I end up alone? What if I was like, well, let's 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 try to analyze this. I mean, how likely is that you will never find anyone else? Well, not not likely. Okay, will you feel lonely? Yes. 
Can you die of loneliness? No. Okay, are you going to be okay at the end of the day? Uh, yes. So that is how we actually come up with the inventory of fears, and then we process our fears in a very slowly and nice way. And number seven is the last one, and I love this one. This is a, a resource for you guys to look out. It's called How Many Weeks For You To Live. <laughs> Sounds crazy, the topic. There's a website called failflow.com backslash live. Let me repeat that, failflow.com backslash live. And what this website does, is kind of ridiculous, it tells you how many weeks you have to live. That it sounds kind of crazy. It's like, I mean, Gabriel, I can't believe you're telling me that. I mean, this is a bit creepy. And that's the goal. It's a bit creepy. So right now, while I'm talking to you guys, I'm actually making mine. So I'm putting my, my date. is the 20th of November, 77, and I put done. And it tells me that I have 2,470 weeks to live if I make it to 91. That honestly, between you and me, I don't think I'll make it to 91. I don't know if I want to make it to 91, but... If I make it to 91, I have only 2,470 weeks. And that puts things in perspective dramatically because like, wait, do I want to spend more weeks doing things that I don't want to? Do I really want to procrastinate on those things that really make me happy? That's a valid question. And I think that question is so important for us to tackle because if we are not aware of our own mortality, like on the Fight Club, then there's no way that we're going to put the urgency to try to listen to ourselves and try to follow a little bit our purpose, try to find that importance of the of the Japanese word, right? Of the ikagai. It's like, okay, I'm going to die. I mean, if I'm going to die, let's go back to point number one is, am I going to be proud when I'm 91 in bed thinking, holy crap, I never made the podcast because I thought no one was going to listen. Why didn't do it? Is that where we want to go? And by having that awareness of our own mortality, hopefully, we can have a different perspective. So these are the seven points. I want to recap them very fast. It's a very quick podcast, 20 minutes. And is number one is, are you going to be proud of yourself at 91? Number two is, what are the things that make you feel joy, right? What are the things you feel okay about yourself? Number three is, what would you do if Tyler from Fight Club puts a gun on your head and tells you to tell the world what you really want it to be? in life, what you really want to be in life right now. Number four, the things that you hate the most in life are sometimes the indications of what you have to go against to be happy, to find the peace. Number five is find your own Japanese magic word, ikigai, and is the reason to live. Go and play with that diagram because potentially you can find little clues of how to find that amazing balance that we're all trying. Number six, is do an inventory of your fears. And number seven is how many weeks do you have to live? Hopefully you have to wait, I mean to live a long time so you can actually listen to the podcast and subscribe. So this is my show number one. Once again, thank you for listening. Hopefully it's helping and every single week I'll do two shows where I talk about things that matter to me, things that matter to I mean friends of mine, to guys. And if you find this valuable, go and find the podcast in iTunes, Spotify, leave a review. And I would love to, to hear from you guys. For more information about the podcast, send me a message at thebetterman.co. Okay, thank you for listening. And I will see you on show number two.